Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Tech Talk with Bonjin. Today we're going to be talking about how Amazon is selling facial recognition to please. How cool is Hello everyone and welcome to Tech Talk with Bonjin. The name is still pending um my name is bonjen and this is my technology podcast where i talk about everything i think you should know that's going on in the world of tech today a little bit about myself um i am a videographer tech enthusiast living in los angeles california um you may or may not know me from adobe house records fame um you probably don't but that's okay um, I started this podcast because I am enthralled with the world of technology and how it affects our life, our lives every day. And, um, none of my peers are really into technology as much as I am. So I just thought I would start a podcast to know, you know, get the conversation going and, you know, just talk about technology news that matters to me and everything that's going in the world. We're going to be talking about Everything from mobile phones to cybersecurity to what's going on in the industry to just, you know, just just that good good. Um I have a couple stories to talk about today. Let's uh let's just get started. This first um this first story is from Business Insider. Four hundred and fifty employees wrote Jeff Bezos to stop him from selling facial recognition software to police. So, what's going on here? Um, Jeff Bezos, you've probably heard of him. He is the founder and current CEO of Amazon Inc. Um, he his uh his company is super 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 into the facial recognition into the AI. And apparently um Amazon has been selling this technology to um, law enforcement so that they can use it for, you know, stopping crime, whatever they whatever they see best. Um, but what this article is talking about is how um, there is this company called Palantir. And basically, Palantir is a, a private American software company that specializes in big data analytics. They're headquartered in Palo Alto, of course, um, founded by Peter Thiel, Nathan Geddings, Joe Longstale, Stephen Cohen, and Alex Karp. That's a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, so basically Palantir um, is creating this software that is basically used for your basic facial recognition. And um, some people are upset about this because Palantir has been selling their technology to ICE and ICE is the um, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Um, so you can see why this would uh, get some people upset. So you may be thinking, what does this have to do with Amazon? Um, Amazon is actually providing the web hosting, um, Amazon Web Services, for Palantir's data. So they kind of go hand in hand here. Um so I'm just going to read you a little bit from the article here on Business Insider. An anonymous Amazon employee demanded in an op-ed article in Medium published Tuesday 
that the company stopped selling its facial recognition recognition software to police forces. Medium said it is verified the authenticity of the co-op-ed article and interviewed the employee. In it, the person said that more than 450 Amazon workers wrote to CEO Jeff Bezos a few weeks ago and demanded that the company stop selling the software called Recognition. And that's Recognition with a K because, you know, it's tech and you got to be cool. Um, and they hadn't heard back. The employee also said in the letter that they demanded the software company Palantir be kicked off Amazon Web Services, citing its links to a deportation and tracking program used by Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Um, attendees at this year's Burning Man Festival protested Palantir and Amazon for the same reason. So, I looked into what went down at Burning Man. Apparently, some um, some people uh, went to Burning Man because they knew that Burning Man, if you don't know what Burning Man is, it's a festival in the desert. It's pretty popular. Um, it's also popular with... Um, tech executives a lot of people go there every year um like elon musk so on and so forth um so they were at burning man and they brought this big cage basically protesting um amazon and palantir's involvement with the ice immigration um operation that's going down um so burning man happened like in august and this is when <laughs> excuse me this is when um like it was hot in the news that children were being taken from their families placed in cages um so yeah there's a little protest about that uh let's jump back into the article um we know bezos is aware of these concerns and the industry-wide conversion happening right now they said on stage he acknowledged that tech's products might be misused even exploited by autocrats but rather than meaningfully explaining how amazon will actually prevent the bad uses of its own technology bezos suggested we wait for society's immune response so jeff bezos is clearly aware that he knows that his technology could be used for quote unquote evil and i say quote unquote because depending on where you what side you stand on the immigration thing um you can consider that evil or not i'm not going to get too into that but it kind of seems like jeff bezos is in a tough spot as a lot of um industry leaders are in in one way one form or another should he remove um palantir's data from amazon web, web services um, that is completely up to him, completely up to the board, but we're just going to have to see where that goes. It is also worth mentioning, of course, that Palantir currently has roughly a $51 million contract with ICE to provide um, the data to the agency. Uh, that's a lot of money. And also, the recognition software apparently wrongly identified 28 members of Congress um, as people who had been previously arrested. Um, so, you know, that's good. Um, the article says, face surveillance also threatens to chill the First Amendment protected activity, likely engaging in protests or practicing religion, and it can be used to subject immigrants to further abuse from the government. The ACLU said in a blog post at the time, 
Um, furthering, furthering the article, Amazon pushed back on the results, saying the ACLU's experiment could have been improved had it configured its settings better. Um, the anonymous employee said in the op-ed, the article, that the Amazon staffers who wrote the letter to Bezos were uh, following in the footsteps of similar actions by employees at Google and Microsoft. Amazon talks a lot about values of leadership. The employee wrote, if we want to lead, we need to make a choice between people and profits. We can sell dangerous surveillance systems to police, or we can stand up for what is right. We can't do both. Okay. Here is what I think of this. Um, I think that the ACLU is right. I don't think facial recognition software should be used on criminals just yet because apparently the technology just isn't there yet, especially if it can be, especially if there's, if there's even a 0.1% chance that it'll fail, then I think it should be held off until there's a 0% chance that it'll fail because this obviously, this technology obviously is promising. It can obviously cut down on a lot of wrongful arrests, but right now we are just not at that point. Um, I think the software needs to be developed a bit more over the years before it is used um, out in the big leagues, and it's just wrongly misrepresenting people. So, um, yeah. So I guess at this time it's up to Jeff Bezos whether he wants to continue making that cash mon or whether he wants to just let the te technology mature a little bit so that it can actually be used for what it is supposed to be used for. Because you can make the argument that we shouldn't be using surveillance software in the first place, but if we get to a point where the surveillance software is making zero mistakes... And that can just cut down human error. I am all for that because humans make mistakes all the time. People can be wrongly, wrongfully arrested just because of human error. So if we can cut down on that, then I think that's a good, a good thing. But at this point, we obviously aren't. Uh, the the technology obviously is not there yet. Okay, that is it for Amazon news. Moving on, we're going to talk about. Google News. I just received my Pixel 3 XL in the mail hours ago. Um, I'm loving it so far. It's a very premium device. I just wish I had got a different color. Um, I'm really afraid of scratching the back. I got the, uh, the just black color, 124 gigabyte configuration. And um, this is really my first time really just going full on head in with Android. Um, I was rocking uh, an OG Pixel XL for about the past two weeks. Love that experience so much. I decided to make the jump to the Pixel 3. Just skipped the 2, even though I know the 2 would have been a much smarter financial decision because they're almost the goddamn same phone. Besides, like, besides like an updated processor and a little bit better of a camera. But when I found out that most of the uh, features on the Pixel 3 will be soon be coming to the Pixel 2 and also the Pixel 1, I was like, fuck, that was not a good uh, decision. But you know what? I made the decision. I'm going to have to live with it, and I'm just going to enjoy the phone. And um, in about a week, I'll have a full comprehensive review of my life with the Pixel from a first-time Android user, someone who's been on iOS for the past 10 years. So... Um, yeah, had to go with that stock Android. 
But the Pixel isn't really what I wanted to talk about right now. Um, I wanted to talk about this um, story that's circulating that Google is going to begin um, charging to put its application suite on Android phones in the European Union after a $5 billion antitrust fine. God damn, that really hurts the pocket. Um, this article is from ArsTechnica.com, so I'm just going to read into it a little bit. Google is adjusting to life in the uh, European Union after the $5.05 billion antitrust fine levied against it by the European Commissioner early this year. Google is still appealing the initial ruling, which found that Google used Android to illegally dominate the search market. But for now, Google will comply with the ruling and offer looser licensing agreements to device makers. In a post on the official Google blog titled Complying with the EC's Android Decision, Google outlined a few changes coming to that. Google app licensing agreement that offered to Android OEMs. Um, so what's going on here? Basically, um, Google got this huge antitrust fine in the European Union because they believe that Google is basically acting, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're being anti-competitive by just shipping every every Android phone with the Google App Suite. The Google App Suite is Google Search, Google Photos, YouTube, Google Maps, and a couple other um, applications, which are all available in the App Store, by the way, in the Google Play Store. But Google was um, shipping um, its Android software to companies like Samsung, um, Motorola, uh, you know, all those... Huawei, all those Android um, companies that uh, are were already pre-installing their own messaging apps, or you know, like Samsung Messaging, Samsung Photos, on their devices, and the European Union saw this as anti-competitive and unfair because Android dominates eighty percent of the smartphone market in the world. Believe it or not, um, it may not seem that way in America, but in other countries, Android is the king because there's so many Android phones and they literally get as cheap as $15. Anyone can afford a phone right now. Um, so, uh, they were fined $5 billion. So, what Google is saying is, from now on, if you want to ship your device with our applications, Google Search, Google Maps, Chrome, YouTube, you need to pay a fine, not the customer, the the phone manufacturer. The phone manufacturer may push that cost over to the company, or over to the customer, but we'll have to wait and see about that. Um, so yeah, this is basically how Google is trying to, you know, get some of the money back with the the fine that they um have incurred. Here is what I think about this. If Google makes the software, I think they should be allowed to put whatever they want on it. Like, Google created Android, so they should be allowed to have their application suite on every phone running Android. Because, first of all, it just makes Android better. I mean, let me rephrase. A copy of a messaging app and a copy of a photos app and a copy of a maps app 
and a copy of a browser on your phone. Having two of those applications on your phone is boo-boo horseshit. But Google it just does such a good job at making premium applications. I don't think they should be dinged for pushing their software on every phone, especially since they're the creators of the goddamn operating system. I think this was kind of a, a bullshit ruling, but Google's obviously complying with it, and they figured out that the best way to make some of their money back is to charge some of these companies to put um, their app suite on phones in the first place. Now, who's to say that they're actually going, that these companies, Samsung, Huawei, or whatever, are actually going to, like, accept those terms because you know you can still go on the app store and download youtube and google and google maps yourself but um who knows we'll just have to wait and see so here's some of the new rules under the ruling this is also from arstechnica.com google's new mada makes three big changes first Google's blog states, Android partners wishing to distribute Google apps may also build non-compatible or forked smartphones and tablets for the European economic area. That means that you're not shipping with Google Maps. You can make your own Samsung Maps or you can make your own Samsung Search. It's not going to be as good as ours, but that's the way we need to do it. The last time we saw an MADA document back in 2014, it had an anti-fragmentation clause which said that any company signing the agreement has to be all in on Google's Android. If you produce any Android device without Google's apps, you get booted from the Google ecosystem. That means that a company like Amazon, which makes four Kindle devices, could never ship a smartphone with Google apps. Will really help Google keep an iron grip on Android OEMs because it stopped them from experimenting outside of the Google ecosystem. Um, good point. Android is already so free that Google kind of has to keep a rein on it. They they're trying to control it as much as they can, even though they want it to be free. So basically, this article is stating if you create or in the past, if you created and shipped a version of Android and it didn't have the Google suite on it, you would be booted from distributing the software. Um, Google says it will also unbundle Search and Chrome from the rest of the Google apps. Previously, if you wanted even one Google app, say the Play Store, which unlocks access to the entire Android ecosystem, you had to take all the Google apps as a big bundle. It appears the main Google app bundles is all sticking around, but now OEMs, excuse me, will have the option to skip Chrome and Search or license Chrome and Search separately. You've always been able to install, been able to install competing apps alongside the Google apps. So, Chrome and Search will be under different licenses than Maps, YouTube, Photos, and um, all the all the other suite, Google Docs, and all and all that stuff. So, what's going to happen now? In the European Union, if you buy a Google phone, your phone will be shipped without um, the Google suite on it. So it's going to be kind of going to be a shitty version of Android. Um, this really sucks. And hopefully Google overturns this because Android is boo-boo caca horseshit without Google's influence. Um, and yeah, and this is 
I'm a little biased because I've only used stock Android. I've never really used a Samsung phone. But the times I have used a Samsung phone, I'm just disgusted by the bloatware. So, yeah. I'm just going to keep enjoying my Pixel 3, which I bought in America. And keep enjoying that Google Suite. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's move on to the next story. We got some Facebook news coming at you. Mark Zuckerberg is back in the news again. What did Zuck do dick time this time? This is according to a story from MarketWatch.com and the Wall Street Journal. Big Facebook shareholders move back to remove Zuckerberg as chairman. So, I'm going to read this article a little bit, and then I'll share my thoughts. Several public funds with holdings in Facebook, Inc., including New York City's pension funds, are backing a shareholder proposal to push out Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg as chairman of the social media giant's board of directors. The state treasurers of Rhode Island, Illinois, and Pennsylvania, as well as the New York City Comptroller, are joining the shareholder proposal previously fired, filed by Chilliam Asset Management in June, say officials said in on a release on Wednesday. The announcement has no practical effect on Zuckerberg and his positions as both CEO and chairman because he has a lock on the bulk of Facebook's super voting, voting shares, each of which gives him 10 times the votes of average shareholders. According to Facebook's latest proxy, his share of voting power among them was 59.9%. So, Bonjan, what does this mean? That means that at the current moment in time, Mark Zuckerberg, as a CEO, and as a chairman, has absolute power of Facebook because he has the majority of voting shares. He has almost 60%. He's rocking, uh, how much was it? 59.9%. So, Mark Zuckerberg has the last word. He literally can do whatever he want with this company because when he started it, he was smart when he was young, and he got, um, he was able to secure the chairman position and the CEO position. Um, I believe Tesla was a uh, Tesla CEO. Elon Musk recently had to step down as chairman, so he doesn't have the same protections afforded as Mark Zuckerberg anymore. So if the board wanted to vote out Elon Musk, they potentially could because he just doesn't have voting power anymore. At this moment in time, they cannot vote out um, Mark Zuckerberg unless he steps down as chairman. Now, this is coming at the heels of a horrible, horrible, horrible scandal, um, the, the Cambridge Analytical scandal, scandal when Mark Zuckerberg had to um, basically talk to Congress about why his company should, be broke, should not be broken up or regulated and why it is actually uh, what he is doing to protect the privacy of users. Um, I personally think Facebook is the worst company in the current climate to trust your your personal information with take that with a grain of salt um so what happens if he steps down really nothing he'll probably stay a ceo he'll just have less power like i said earlier if he wants to be voted if he is voted out there's very little he can do about it the same thing happened to steve jobs the same thing could happen to elon musk we're just going to have to wait and see if this happens to Zuckerberg. He's really going to have to change public opinion on this one. Because Facebook is in just really not a great area in terms of cybersecurity and data protection. They really do not seem like they care about their customers. Speaking of that, 
it also came out a couple of days ago that Google was um, Google Plus had a huge breach, huge breach that they tried to conceal in the wake of the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Um, they believe that if this news had gone out, then it would have been them sitting, testifying in front of Congress and not Mark Zuckerberg, and they're probably right. Um, so yeah, they said that um, some some third-party applications had access to like 50 million accounts on Google+, but nothing. they said that nothing came of it, and as a result, they are... Um, Closing down Google Plus indefinitely. Um, here's the thing about Google. Google and Facebook really need to practice more transparency, especially Google, because Google right now has a pretty okay reputation when it comes to user privacy. Not like Apple. Apple has like probably the best reputation when it comes to user privacy because they're pretty goddamn transparent about what they about what they do but when um something like this this huge thing comes out against google and they try to hide it that makes me trust them less personally so um we're just gonna have to see where this goes we're gonna see if zuckerberg steps down as chairman if they get their act together if google will continue playing the facebook game and lying to consumers to protect their asses or if they'll just be a stand-up company like apple and you know really tell people what's going on here it's all about transparency in this game because user trust is everything and if you lose that user trust you're gonna lose big business and big big money Let's uh, begin to wrap up this episode with some Elon Musk news. Elon Musk says he's going to buy $20 million worth of Tesla stock. This is from CNBC.com. I'm going to read a little bit of the article and then chime in with my thoughts. Tesla chief executive Elon Musk told the electric car company that he plans to purchase $20 million of common stock during the next open trading window. According to a filing related to the CEO's settlement, with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Separate apart from the settlement, Elon has notified Tesla that he intends to purchase from Tesla, and Tesla expects that it will issue to sell to Elon $20 million of Tesla's common stock during the next open trading window, the filing read. Tesla shares fell 1% Wednesday, warning following the filing. Musk is the largest shareholder in Tesla, holding more than $9 billion worth of stock, or more than 33 million shares before Wednesday's, Wednesday's announcements. The CEO bought $24 million worth of Tesla in June and 9.59 or 9.9 million in May, according to insiderscore.com. So, Elon Musk is trying to buy up as much of his company's stock as possible. This is not um, this is nothing really new. CEOs do this all the time. Could it be that he is afraid that he is going to be pushed out of his company? Um, you never know. But if that is the case, it would be wise to buy up as much as your own company as you can. Um, back to the article. The deal viewed as a positive development for embattled Palo Alto, California-based Tesla, requires Musk to pay a $20 million fine and step down as chairman for the period of three years. So this right here is talking about how Elon Musk had to step down as chairman after his um, behavior was widely criticized by the board of Tesla. Um, and this is especially after uh, he 
he apparently put on Twitter that he was taking taking Tesla private, which is pretty illegal, if I understand correctly. Um. So yeah, uh, Elon Musk probably knows what's gonna be happening in the future. Um, I would be personally sad to see him step down as CEO. But at this point, it seems like he's preparing for the worst and just buying as much of his Tesla stock as he can. Okay, so that's it for that story. Um, I just want to wrap up today's episode with some quick Apple news. Um, nothing super important, but the first image of a 2018 iPad Pro case confirms an all-screen design. Um, so... The iPad Pro is going to look very similar to the iPhone 10. I'm looking at an image right now. It doesn't seem like there's a notch, but it looks like it just there's a full screen design. Very, very slim bezels along the, along the sides. Um, it looks like it's going to have some face ID recognition technology. And uh, this is according to PocketNow.com, by the way. Um, this is the first render we have of the iPad Pro 12.9 inch 2018 in the case. It shows us almost no bezels and the sensors that will be used for Face ID. It also gives us a dock to place the Apple Pencil. Who cares if she gives a shit about the Apple Pencil? We are also expecting a smaller 11 inch that will replace the 10.5 screen variant. Um, and it doesn't look like there's a headphone jack. If there is no headphone jack, I really won't care because I have Bluetooth headphones. But yeah, this is uh, basically the, the design that we've been expecting from an iPad for years and years. And it's really exciting that it's finally finally coming into fruition. Um, I'm really excited to learn the specs on this bad boy because every year Apple really pushes it with the iPad Pro. I don't know how much more processing power the iPad Pro needs. Especially if you can't really like be a power editor yet in terms of video and image and like audio editing. Um, and I'm just speaking for myself here. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see how much RAM and the specs they, they, they pop into this because their tablet game is on point right now. Even though iOS for um, iPad sucks ass, it's this literally the same as iPhone. Like, come on now. So, yeah, it's a little boring in that regard. But, nevertheless, I am excited to see what Apple does with this new machine. I don't think I'll be getting one because I had to sell my house to buy this goddamn Pixel 3. But, you know, um, I'm excited to see is all I wanted to talk about on today's episode of Tech Talk. I will be back as soon as there is interesting information to be shared in the wonderful, wonderful, ever evolutionary changing world of um, technology. That didn't really make sense. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Bon, B-O-N underscore Jen, J-E-N-N. Um, or you can find some more of my work over at adobeelsrecords.com. Um, please subscribe to the podcast if you're into technology and you want me to make more episodes like this. And I will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening.